Well, Nat. Whoa. This is it. 100 episodes. Yes. We have been doing this podcast for 100 years. <laughs> and. <laughs> but by the looks of it, it's slightly more than that. <laughs> and uh, we're very excited. And yes, thanks so much for your support. If, if yes. it hadn't been. No, for, uh, me, for you and people like you. If it hadn't been as popular as it seems to have been, then we probably wouldn't have managed no, to carry it in after. We really before would. Christmas. Yeah, I think we would have not. Um, but if you would like to show the podcast a little bit of support yourself, mm. you can now. We've just yes. launched our new Patreon page. Yes, if you go to patreon.com slash datefight, you can... Uh, well, well you, you find all sorts of things. There yeah. are badges, there yeah. are exclusive episodes of Two Dads in the History Shed, there are live tickets to events, there's having your own birthday right now, there's so much stuff, Jake, yeah. There so is. So have a look and uh, why not join us? Become a supporter and we'll love you forever. Yes, In do. the meantime, as a special 100th birthday <laughs> episode, it's time for Two Dads in the History Shed. Two Dads in the History Shed, in association with Irving, specialist wartime memorabilia, Hastings. Each morning I get out of bed I pour myself a coffee and I go out to my shed There I stay for the rest of the day People say I'm out of my head But they're wrong Hello, hello Hello there And (laughs) welcome Welcome indeed now, first off, yes, we've had a lot of emails complaining that we focus too much on the European theatre. What? We make absolutely no apology for that. Absolutely none at all. The European theatre is where all the action happens. It was happened. the best one. I mean, we yes, you've got long railways being built by very thin people in the Far East, but uh, really, if you want some top Nazi action, you've got to be looking Europewards. And... Nazis are where it's at. You know, you've got to put your hands up and say the Nazis made mistakes, mainly by telling too many people to put their hands up. And Yeah, uh... yeah. I, I put one hand up. The right yeah. hand. If you haven't heard Two Dads in the History Shed before... Yes. Oh, uh, where have you oh, been? You're in for a treat. You've been living <laughs> under a rock. I mean, I find myself up now... Her indoors is no longer indoors. She's in a separate doors somewhere. I can sit up as long as I like. Uh, no bedtime for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, for uh, me, it's reruns of Shed and Buried on Discovery. Oh, that sounds... What, what happens in your average episode of that? You don't know! I do not. I've been catching up on box sets of anything with Nick Knowles. A man with the beard of Noel Edmonds and the hair of Peter Stringfellow oh, goes around word. digging out solid gold, by which I mean old Triumph motorbikes... From people's sheds, making an offer and doing them up. Well, that sounds like an ideal way of filling the long, long, lonely nights at home. Do you miss her? I don't miss mine. No, not not really. No. I mean, people's... I mean, it's a classic figure of fun, isn't it, in comedy? The man whose wife's left her for, you know, yeah. the trainer or has left her for another woman. Mm. Well, joke's on you this time because my wife left me for no one. She didn't even have anyone else to go to. She was homeless for a while rather than stay with me. So, joke is on you. Well said. Yes. Of course, mine went off with my brother. Now, (laughs) (laughs) let's have the first round then. Yes, indeed. Right. I am going to take you to uh, February the 12th, uh, 1934. Hello, sorry. What? Not Wrong even podcast, in a buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you say that, but I'm going to talk, talk you through one of the most exciting pieces of engineering to come out of the 1930s. It's the USS Macon, only the biggest helium-filled dirigible of the 1930s. And t- tell me what happens. 
Well, it crashes into the Pacific. That's right, mate. But you know how many people died? Tell me. Two. Just two. But just two. I mean, it could have been much, much worse. That's the thing about your airship. Your airship, when it crashes, crashes very, very slowly. You can get out. You can almost walk away. Plenty of time. Hindenburg, fewer than half the people on that died. Now, if that had been a plane, boom. The Macon had a structured aluminium hull with three interior keels. It was kept aloft by 12 helium-filled gas cells made from gelatin latex fabric. Oh, come on, thanks very much. Inside the hull, the cell had eight German-made Maybach VL212 cylinder, 560 horsepower gasoline-powered engines. Tell me if I'm wrong, mate, but it was as long as Tower Bridge. It was indeed as long as Tower Bridge. It was the longest helium-filled vessel ever to have existed. Apart from... Her indoors. Doesn't really work because it's not hot air. And she's no longer indoors. <laughs> the rows of slot. There were rows of slots in the hull above each engine for condensing out water vapour from the engine exhaust gases for use as buoyancy compensation ballast to compensate for the loss of weight as fuel was consumed. Now, if that isn't an intriguing solution to your engineering problems, I don't know what is. They had a skyhook system, I believe. What? That biplanes could attach onto. Yes, they used it as an aircraft carrier to literally carry aircraft. Unbelievable. Brilliant, mate. Uh, it is my... Well, what's your favourite airship? Uh, Graf. Yeah, got to be Graf, because that's as big as Hindenburg, but didn't crash. Yeah, didn't... Bl- and, you know, I, I, I'm very into people, and, I don't, you know, I don't like the idea of death. No, if I've said one thing about you, it is you are a people person. A few... Convivial comrades. Yes. In With some a foaming ale. In a Samuel Smith. <laughs> yes, please. No telephones. No telephones allowed at your Sam Smiths. Thank you very much. Anyway, let me take you to the 12th of February. Mm-hmm. Nine t- my reading is coming no, on. It's really going well. It's really of going February much better. Yes. 1941. Oh. And who's come to then. tea in Tripoli? Ooh. It's Rommel. Oh, here he comes. The Desert the Fox. The Desert Fox. Yes. Thank you very much. The hottest man to be in the hottest place on the planet. Well, we're going to come on to that, actually, mate, because we've had a letter. Ooh. Now, Rommel, incredible guy, actually. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people... Big time. ...necessarily know that he took poison to protect his family. What? Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good way of protecting anything, mate. No, he was uh, he was given a choice. Take a short car ride during which you take poison. Yep. And your family name and the lives of your wife and children will be spared. Or Ooh. face public trial and be executed along with your family, mate. That's not for me. I'm afraid I would have gone public trial every time. Afraid so. Yep. She would have got it instead of the two-bed semi in St Albans <sighs> and the Sayat. So... A website I I read up on this because oh, I was yeah. I was boning up on Rommel what? last night. On a website, on not, a website, not a book from Pen and Armour Books, our favourite publisher of Militaralalia. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said, uh, in summary, a sad end to a chivalrous man oh. who was loyal to his country and a great leader of men, as well as a great loss to Germany. Well, it, what a great loss to all of us. A great loss to, I think, daytime television. I think Rommel would have been a great presenter of quiz shows. This morning with... Erwin Rommel. Holly and Erwin. That's mine for this round. That's a great one. Always good to get Rommel in early. That was all four portions of your recommended daily amount of Rommel. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday. 
to Simon McCorkindale, the lead actor of Manimal, who won the part by being able to change into a panther at the audition. <laughs> Happy birthday to Nicholas Soames, the grandson of Winston Churchill, who, when he made love with a lady, was described as it being like having a wardrobe fall on top of you with a key poking out. You know what that says to me? It says that you can still get some even when you're fat. Who said Des- that? Despite what my wife said, I don't know, some slag. Someone said that, though, about him. They did. Grandson of Churchill. Grandson of Churchill. That is the penis that came out of the penis that came out of the penis that stopped the war. Also, happy birthday to Rina Kawaei, a Japanese actress and model, and she was also on Japanese Idol, the girl band AKB48. She's a, a big fan of hers. Are you aware of her work? Uh, I, I'm, I, no, but some of her... Yeah, some of her fellow country ladies. Absolutely. I'm extremely well, it's, it's familiar with. It's a big birthday bump. It's a bumper birthday. Looks like it's also happy birthday to Nana Aikura, the Japanese model and actress. Uh, there's not a lot about her on the internet apart from photographs, but that was fine. I just generally looked through has those. She, has she done any of the tentacle stuff? No, no, that's, oh, right, that's no, no, no. But happy I birthday to Park Bo Young, the South oh, Korean actress right. who was in Strong Girl Barsoon, Oh My Ghost, uh, Werewolf Boy. Scandal mobsters and on your wedding day. <laughs> and that is all the birthdays <laughs> that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Days, death days 1935. Who should die but George Auguste Escoffier, only the chef de guerre in the Franco Prussian War? He worked at the Ritz. He learned how to cook horse on the front in Russia. What a great guy. Happy death day to Anna Anderson. Oh, the woman who put, she claimed that she was uh, Princess Anastasia, who of course she wasn't. She was dead. In a cellar in Yekaterinburg. You're not her. Disgusting. You're never going to be her. Lying. Who's your favourite royal imposter? Ooh, uh, that's an easy one. Yeah. So... For me, it's Perkin Warbeck every time. Of course it is. Both of them. Yeah. Uh, also, happy death day to uh, Eugene Esmond, who led the attack on the Scharnhorst and Gneisenau in six fairy swordfish. They took off without their fighter escort, uh, and they were all shot down and fell into the English Channel, but he won a Victoria Cross after his death for his bravery. The captain of the Gneisenau said, Poor fellows, they are so very slow. It is nothing but suicide for them to fly against the big ships. Showing typical German contempt for the fairy swordfish there, yes, it was an incredibly slow plane and it was a biplane well out of its time which had never have been used in the Second World War but actually it's an extraordinary slowness was part of its strength and the weird thing is Fairy Sawfish is my hotmail address yeah 12th of February, sorry, 1943. And a very sad day for the U-boat fleet. Oh, dear. U-69 and U-442. That's my favourite one. Well, then you'll know 
It sank. It perished. Today, yep. Uh, just off the North Atlantic. Sort of flipped upside down. Did it? You was 69, yeah. did. Yep, that's right. And uh, 442 off Cape St. Vincent. Very, very sad day. I hate to imagine the men there struggling away. Yeah. Or, you know, before, perhaps before they uh, they sank, you know, very hot down there. Probably would have been stripped to the waist. Yeah. I would, I would imagine bodies. rippling, rippling mm. with the effort of it all. Yeah. Probably a light tight, dusting of talk, sweat. Uh, well, very much uh, a glossy. Rivulets. Yeah, down just down the small of the back there, sort of pooling under the mm-hmm. pectorals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. something which you could remove with just mm-hmm. one thing or a tongue. You can just get inc- it off anyhow. Yeah, yeah, and an incredible smell. Ah, oh, the musk, the mm. musk of the war. musk of a U-boat. I'm told is you, unforgettable. Yeah, I've talked once. That's torpedo what U stands for unforgettable musk boat. Once torpedo, very often uh, the the winning. Mm. Combatant, uh, they they'd row out very quickly to sniff the bubbles as they came up because because <laughs> <laughs> it was a wonderful rich aroma. That aroma. I am trying to recreate the a U boat. How is that U-boat going? You're doing in your replica interior, yeah. aren't you? Just I am. It... It's actually um, it's not quite one to one scale. I'm doing it at one to one point four scale. It's slightly bigger than a U boat because I'm quite claustrophobic. Um. I'm going to take you to the 12th of February, 1429. Hold the fuck now. Hang on there. 1934. We're too focused on the Second World War, whereas there are other English victories against the French for all of history. And there are. This one, one of the finest, Battle of the Herring. Ah, yeah. John Falstolf takes on the Duke d'Orléans to defend some herring and beats him. That's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's the French and the Scots together. Classic English beating the French and the Scots put together. Legends. The Scots run in at the beginning, clearly, probably ululating. Uh, the French say they'll be along in a minute and don't turn up. Typical French. Unbelievable. Uh, so we win. There are probably between four and 800 French casualties. The Scots get completely wiped out. Bring it on. England won, France nil. Incroyable. <clears throat> I don't know what that means. Do you ever, uh, do you ever think, try and, you know, in your head, try to reconcile the funny discrepancy, perhaps in your mind, perhaps in mine, yeah. of uh, people very, very proud of the achievements of England and yes. the English. Yes. Versus our complete, almost fetishising fascination with the Nazis. No, I mean, I think we, the Nazis themselves... You've got to be able to separate the Germans from the Nazis. That's very important. I admire the German. Look, we beat no, we yeah, beat right, the yeah. Nazis. Yeah, but we can still admire the German in them. Do you ever try to imagine yourself as being the German in them? I think it's always important to put yourself in other people's shoes or trousers or big leather trench coats. Yeah, I'm going to imagine myself in them. Yeah, later. Well, yeah. Uh, thanks very much for your letters. Ooh. We've got some letters. Monday Club Tony has written in to ask, which German officer do we think about the most when we're trying to get to sleep? We talked about Rommel earlier. He's a go-to, but I've... I I think the large pillowy breasts of a Goering would be uh, on my mind as I drift off to Slumberland. Just suckling gently. For me, it's loose... I, I believe he could suckle a whole host of piglets. Now, judge away, I'm going with a Belgian. Ooh. Lucien Lippert. Now, he was uh, born in Luxembourg, Belgium, in 1913. Member of the Belgian army, 
then... Like Monsieur Juncker. Along come the Nazis. And he joins up. Does he indeed? Becomes... Belgians first to join up, usually. They're very much joiners. Becomes a member of the volunteer Vallon Legion. And in June 1943, becomes the SS Sturmbahnfuhrer, commanding the reorganised Walloon Legion. Mm. Killed in action at the village of Novobuda in central Ukraine in 44... But there's a photo of him you can find online. He's got a very firm, jutting jaw, slightly hooded eyes, hiding... Like Paul McCartney. Who knows what dark thoughts... Like Paul McCartney. Yeah, of some sort of loose, playful reggae. Yeah, or of a bunch of singing frogs. Something like that. Who knows what's going what's on in What's going there. on in Paul McCartney's head? But you just I can't know, tell anymore. I'd like to be what's going on in there. Uh, that's it yes. from us. Well, what a day that was. Yep. Very uh, very happy century to you. Yeah, happy happy 100 episodes to you. And uh, we will be back in more recognisable form tomorrow. Tomorrow! It's Dresden Day! Yes! Uh-oh. All Dresden, all day on Two Dads in a History Shed. That's us, roused. <laughs> That's. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I really love my shed. Two dads in the history shed, in association with Irving, specialist wartime memorabilia, Hastings. 